0: today's sermon was inspired by a friend and a co-worker she said in all that is going on it would be good to hear something encouraging <clears throat> and uplifting but before i get to share a message that i pray is uplifting i need to lay some groundwork over the past several weeks we have been experiencing troubles in ways that we have not seen in our time i never thought i would see a time when schools businesses, organizations, etc. would be shut down across our entire nation due to an outbreak of a virus sweeping across the globe. We still don't know what the full impact will be of this virus. There are many who are in panic. They are stressing and worried about the unknown of what may or may not happen. All you need to do is walk through a local supermarket to grasp how panicked people are and how panicked they're getting. The shelves, they're stripped bare in many parts of the stores. It is easy to get wrapped up in what is happening today. We cannot turn the television on or the radio without hearing about the latest developments of this virus. We cannot browse the internet, especially in social media, without reading about the coronavirus. You cannot even go to work without it being the topic of discussion throughout the workplace. And as it should be, most people are taking extra precautions due to the worldwide spread of the virus. Many people hear a rumor and can't wait to spread it to everyone they know. Usually the rumors only strike deeper fear and panic. Others get vocal when they see people not taking appropriate sanitary measures. To protect themselves and others around them and right now it is very easy to get focused on what is bad isn't it sometimes it's a little harder to see what is good because of the tunnel vision created by the media due to the nature of the virus I would like to share a note I read on Facebook from one of my friends that demonstrates the kindness patience and small sacrifices that people in the midst of this crisis are making for one another. This gentleman was talking to his wife about the pandemic we are facing together. And as they got deeper into the conversation, recalling all of the movies we have seen, and how this loosely resembles the beginning of the movies, or TV shows about viral outbreaks that turn people into monsters or something that was created in a secret lab to encourage the population control or an experience gone awry. But for some reason, my mind began to recant the experiences I've had over the last several days during this outbreak. I have encountered many beautiful people who stood in the aisles, witnessed the missing toilet paper, cleaning products, sanitizing solutions, etc. And we just laughed hysterically at the thought of what all these people will do with all of this product when everything ends. I have seen more acts of kindness in small but noticeable ways. People letting others move forward in line. People seeing the last product on a shelf and asking others in the aisle if they need it before they take it. No one was rushing or panicked, but were following the guidelines about social distancing and wiping down surfaces before and after they touched them. So you see, even though we're going through these struggles and difficulties and we can see all the negative things, there are so many positive things that we can see if we're willing to open our eyes and just look out into the world and see what is happening. People are being kind to each other. People are being generous to one another. And yes, you do have those who are trying to hoard and take everything, but you do have those who are willing to be helpful and encourage one another and be a blessing to another person and say, you know what, even though I'm concerned I may run out of this particular thing, since there's only one or two left on the shelf, would you like to have one? Isn't it wonderful to see God's goodness flow through people? And you know, we do live in a fallen world with tons of brokenness around us. We must remember that we are in this together and that healing will come because, of, because love and concern always brings it. God loves us so fully and completely, just as we are. He isn't looking for us to be different than we are, for Him to love us. He loves us just where we are at right now in our lives. And He wants to embrace us and wants to encourage us and wants to be there for us. And He wants us to lift our eyes and our hearts To him. He wants and strongly desires to heal us in our land. He desires peace for us. We have all of that assurance in the person of Jesus Christ. We only need to embrace that truth. We do not need to let fear conquer us. Let's walk in the truth of who we are created to be as our Heavenly Father lovingly reminds us as we daily walk with Him. Let us keep our trust on Him, in Jesus Christ, and walk in harmony with the Holy Spirit who lives in us. This circumstance will not last forever. In other words, this too shall pass. This life will not be easy. Learning rarely is. But our Savior has given us words of comfort as we face these difficult times. Jesus said it well in John 16.33, didn't he? I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. Because in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Jesus said this, take heart, I have overcome the world. So if he has taken over, if he's overcome the world, what do we have to worry about? What do we have to concern about? Because these things are short-term. These things will not last. Yes, and in many times, God does allow things to happen because he wants to open our eyes, and he wants us to look up to him. Is that what's happening here? I don't know, but I do know that this is a perfect time to look at what's going on around us, and to examine our hearts, and to see if we are still in the faith, to see if we are lifting our hearts to our living God. Because He loves us with an everlasting love. He loves us with a love so much that He was willing to lay down His life for us. And we can take heart and know that He has already overcome this troubled time that we are in today. It's already overcome. We still have to journey through it. But God has already made a way for us. All we have to do is open our eyes and look towards Him. And everyone who desires to have peace in their lives can find it through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not par- perish but have eternal life in Christ Jesus our lord and 17 and 18 says for god did not send his son <coughs> pardon me for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. See, con- condemnation is not something that's yet to come. If we are not living a life for God and serving God, the condemnation for us is already here right now. We're living that condemnation. But if we believe, we can have God's peace within us, even through these trials that we face today, through the storms that we are struggling with today, we can find peace in Jesus Christ. And the only way that you will find peace in this world is through Jesus Christ. It is because of the work he has done at the cross that we can rest in him. He brings us comfort and hope that can be found in no other way it is by his unmerited favor for us that we can be set free from sin and live in peace. While on this earth, we still experience difficulties and trials, and we will continue to experience these trials. Jesus told us that in John sixteen thirty three, but promised us that we can take heart and have peace because he has overcome the world. We are living through a trial right now as a nation. But even in the midst of it, we can find peace if we turn our hearts towards God, if we are willing to trust him and lean on his strength. Again, don't lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God, and he will direct your path. Now, I'd like to share a little bit about What is going to happen in the future for the believers? So that we can have some peace and we can have some joy and we can have some understanding. (coughs) Pardon me. It's easy to get wrapped up in the things that are going on today. So let's take a few moments now and go to Revelation chapter 21. And I know a lot of people get excited when they hear about Revelation and a lot of people get nervous when they hear the name Revelation mentioned. But this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, and it's meant to encourage us and to give us hope that we can have everlasting life in him. Because he not only gives us hope by promising us salvation if we trust in him and believe in him, but he gives us hope by letting us know what we can expect to happen, the things that are yet to come. And we know that Christ can come any day. What happens on that day when Jesus comes? These are exciting times to think about. And I'm going to start on verse 1 in chapter 21, and I'm going to read through, and I'll pause and maybe comment as we go. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, the dwelling of God's place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things have passed away. Can you imagine that day when there's no more suffering, no more trials, no more tears in our eyes, that we have continual peace our entire lives, and we don't have to struggle and worry, and we don't have any of the things that we are facing today to worry about? Because we're going to be in the loving presence of God, and he will protect us and cover us from all problems in the future No more tears, no more trials, and no more struggles. We will be in perfect fellowship with one another and God. We will be His people, completely His people, with nothing else on our mind but focusing on our relationship with one another and God. Nothing else will take precedence in our lives and what's happening because we will always glorify and honor Him. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the living water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will will be my children but the cowardly the unbelieving the vile the murderers the sexually immoral those who practice magic arts the idolaters and all liars they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur this is the second death you see God is telling us the glories that we're going to face in heaven, the glories that we're going to have, that we are going to be his people and he is going to be our God. But if we choose to, if we choose to be unbelieving, if we choose to be vile and murderers and sexually immoral and those who practice magic arts and be adulterers and liars, God's telling us what's going to happen. This is the cost of that. But the thing that's magical in all of this is we get to choose whether we want to serve the living God and worship Him and glorify His name and look forward to the, all the glorious things that He has planned for us and laid out for us. Or we can choose otherwise and burn in a lake of fire and a fiery furnace. And yes, that is language to give us an idea of how horrific hell will be. But you know, right now, we can have confidence in knowing the truth because Jesus is sharing it here with us in the book of Revelation. We don't have to fear. If we do fear, we should turn our hearts to God and say, God, take this fear from me. Open my eyes to your truth. I want to live for you, O God. Let us take a moment now and go to Revelation chapter 22. Starting in verse 1. Then the angel showed me a river of water, of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need a lamp or light of the sun, for the Lord will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Can you imagine that day when we will live forever and peace, we will be able to see the face of God. We will not fear God and tremble. We will worship God and glorify Him and thank Him for all that He's done in our lives and what He's accomplished through us. We will get to reign with Christ for all eternity. Can you imagine that? The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. And then you jump down to verse 12. Look, I am coming soon. Jesus keeps reminding us he is coming soon. He will come as a thief in the night suddenly, and he will just be here. We should always live today as if it's the last day we'll be here because we are going home with the Lord, and we will always be prepared if we keep our hearts and our eyes always on him. He says, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the alpha and omega the first and the last the beginning and the end blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city outside are the dogs those who pra- practice magic arts the sexual immoral the murderers the idolaters and everyone who loves to practice falsehood i jesus have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. You see, Jesus promised us that he's coming for us. He is right now preparing a place for us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will never depart from us. We must trust in him. We must depend on Him. We must count on Him in all that we do. God will not live with us if we do not put Him first. We shall have no other gods before us. He is our God. He is our King, and He is our ruler. You see, when we become Christian, something amazing happens. We are not just a better version of ourselves. We are transformed into the likeness of God. We become a new creation. We're not the same as we once were. We cannot continue to live in sin. How is it possible to continue to live in sin if you are transformed into the likeness of God? Yes, we will fall. We still live in this fallen body. But you see, something happened. We have the Spirit of God living within us once we become Christian. So it makes it possible for us to overcome sin. It makes it possible for us to live a righteous life before Him. We always have the choice to serve Him or not to serve Him. The consequence of not serving Him we see here. We will be separated from Him for all eternity. And it is explained to us as being like a fiery lake. God loved us so much. Imagine this, a king on this earth. Just pick any king on this earth or any major ruler on this earth. They're used to having everything they want, being able to do whatever they want, to uh, have their will at the beck and call of everyone around them. Everyone is serving them. And then imagine one day this king being stripped and beaten and flogged and hung on a cross to be crucified before his people. What a humiliating experience that would be for that king. Not only did King Jesus do that, he did it willingly. He wasn't forced to lay his life down. He gave it freely. He could have called legions of angels to rescue him, but he did not. He willingly went to the cross. He willingly was beaten. He was willingly crowned with a crown of thorns. He willingly carried His own cross that He is going to be crucified on. He willingly laid out His hands and His feet so those nails could be entered into His body. And He hung there, and He died. But when He hung there, He never judged us. In fact, what did He do? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He loved us to the very end. And then we know in three days that He rose again. He's alive. We are serving a living King, a living God, one who is going to reign forever. There is no God above our God. There is no King above the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. He is worthy of our worship and our praise. Let us glorify Him today. Let us be thankful to Him today for the good that He's given us. Let's put aside the troubles that we are experiencing right now and put our eyes on Him. And let's look at people in a different light. Let's look at the good that they are doing. Because any good that comes from any of us, it only comes to us Because we are His people. And we only serve Him because He lives in us. So any good, kind thing that somebody does, that's God working through them, believe it or not. God works through all people. We've read many times in the Bible where he's used evil people to accomplish his purpose because good people wouldn't do the things that he asked them to do. His own nation wouldn't uh, do what he was asking them to do, so he went over to other kings, and he had other kings overtake the nation of Israel. You see, when we keep our eyes on him and glorify him, we will have peace. And we will have peace that we cannot even understand because it comes from the one and only God, Jesus Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit. We serve one God. Our triune God loves us with an everlasting love. He has given his best to us. Let's give our best to him and trust that he will guide us every step of the way. And if you want to serve a God like that, pray with me. Dear Lord, I am a sinner and I am lost without you. I need you. I want to serve you. I want to glorify your name. I know that you are the one true God and there's no other God other than you. And that I need to put you first in all that I do, O God. I know that you died on the cross so that my sins are paid for. You paid a penalty that I could not pay. I know that you rose again on the third day. And I want that life that you offer me, Lord. And you see, you're beginning a journey into the Christian life. See, and salvation is not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time transaction with God. You see, we are saved when we accept Christ. We are being saved as we are sanctified into His name and becoming more and more like Him day by day. He is transforming us. And when the day comes that He takes us home, we will be saved once for all. To the King of kings and the Lord of lords, we can glorify Him the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, let us give thanks to him for all the good things that he done for us and for the things that he has planned for us that we learned about today in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. And brothers and sisters, I encourage you to get into the word of God daily and then just lean on him and ask him to teach you through his word today.